I'm Patrick Gauthier, and this is a podcast of the National Association of Home Builders Making It Your Business campaign, where we provide education and resources about opioid addiction to home builders, owners, supervisors, and managers. Opioids include pharmaceutical painkillers and the illegal drug heroin. The incidence of opioid use disorder or addiction is higher among construction workers than in the general population and, sadly, construction workers have been six times more likely to die as a result of overdose. The human and personal toll is tragic. The impact on business is significant and includes loss of productivity, accidents, injuries, higher than average health care costs, absenteeism, turnover, and much more. The National Association of Home Builders and its partners, Job Site Safety Institute and Advocates for Human Potential, are taking an innovative and holistic approach to address opioid use and misuse, creating solutions and educational resources that address intervention points across the entire spectrum of prevention, treatment, recovery, and return to work. In this podcast, we'll be talking about how an intervention strategy can help you address opioid misuse among your workers and subcontractors. What I mean when I say an intervention strategy is a series of practical steps you can take to get involved and deal with the scourge of opioid misuse in the context of your role as either their supervisor or employer. Everything we talk about today can be found on the National Association of Home Builders website dedicated to opioid education. To accompany the information provided in today's podcast, we have produced a supervisor's intervention toolkit that contains case studies how to identify red or yellow flags of misuse, conversation guidance on how to intervene with an employee, and much more. That's all at nahb.org forward slash opioids. Here to talk with me today is Jim Johnson, the President and CEO of GE Johnson Construction Company in Colorado and a member of the National Association of Home Builders. Thanks for joining me, Jim. Hello, Patrick. Happy to be here today. Oh, wonderful. You know, as we've uh, talked about it, opioid addiction is widespread across all types of people in the United States, and the home building industry is no exception because substance use disorders manifest in nearly 16% of people. It is safe to say that at some point, someone among your workforce, your employees, your subcontractors, perhaps even someone in your family will be struggling to get and remain drug-free. From a personal perspective, it can be hard to see an employee you value and care about struggling with addiction. And from that business standpoint, it can be very expensive to have workers who are addicted to drugs on the job. 
Research shows that an employee with an untreated substance use disorder, which includes all forms of drug addiction and alcoholism, can cost an employer up to $7,000 a year in excess health care costs, absenteeism, and turnover. So as a supervisor, what can you do about it? And that's what this podcast is all about. You do have options as far as intervention strategies are concerned. Comprehensive strategy can include creating a culture that recognizes substance use disorder or addiction as a medical condition. Two, supporting open communication and effective treatment rather than purely being punitive in your approach. Three, establishing a recovery-friendly workplace for people who are, in fact, in recovery. And four, managing your risks throughout the entire process. You know, when we talk about creating a culture of support and acceptance, it's important to remember that addiction is not a character flaw, a moral failing, or some uh, sign that someone is weak or bad. If this epidemic has taught us anything as a society, it's that opioids and other drugs or alcohol do not discriminate. All kinds of people from every imaginable background have fallen prey to this powerful class of drugs. In the process, our collective stereotypes about what a drug addict looks like have been overturned. And that's a good thing, and it's been a long time coming. That someone can develop a full-fledged addictive disorder within just a few weeks taking opioids as prescribed by their doctor for a legitimate injury reveals just how serious and pervasive this disorder is. When you create a culture of support and acceptance, what you're saying is, I know you're struggling and I want to help you, support you, I don't judge you. However, this is not the same as enabling someone. As a supervisor, you need to keep your work site safe for your, empo your employees, your, your subcontractors, your customers, the general public. And that means that if someone is using drugs on the job or using drugs off the job in a way that affects their job performance, you have to address that immediately. You can't just let that go because it's an awkward conversation or you don't want to deal with it. And what we're saying today is that it may not be the best idea to think you can fire your way out of the risk either. Jim, at GE Johnson, you've made a commitment to address how the opioid epidemic affects your workers through a number of policies, programs, these new initiatives. Please tell us how you got to the point where you decided you needed an intervention strategy for opioid addiction. Well, thanks, Patrick. I mean, that's a great question. I think in the Rocky Mountain region that there was a tremendous, and actually across the nation, tremendous increase in construction activity. And as the demand for workers went up, um, we were part of a survey um, done by a, a local reporting agency here to ask if we were dropping our drug testing policy, which we were not. <clears throat> However, several of our subcontractors and competitors were. And uh, as the interview went on, uh, our policy is such, if you were caught with a positive test, um, you are um, immediately terminated and ineligible for rehire for 90 days. And the follow-up question was, well, what are you doing to help your past employee out during those 90 days before they return to your work? And 
I did not have a response or an answer for that. So we really came back to the executive level and said, what are we doing? How can we help? What, what kind of services can we provide to help our employees um, before they have the positive test? Excellent. You know, one way that uh, you can provide support for people dealing with drug addiction is through an employee assistance program or EAP. And I know there are, you know, great many employers around the country who have that as part of their benefits package. And, and you know, these are low-cost uh, benefits where EAP providers uh, then can provide your employee with a confidential counseling and referral to treatment. Uh, not only for addiction, but for other mental health issues and stress, uh, all of which can be a result of or contributing to addiction. Jim, when you're, uh, it sounds like you're using a program that uh, that offers employee assistance, uh, and as well that you've got this other initiative, Face It Together. Can you tell us about uh, both those benefits and uh, how the Face It Together uh, program is different from the traditional EAP? and how it is that both those programs are supporting your workforce. Yeah, we elected to partner with Face It Together, which is they basically offer counseling and navigation services to those facing addiction and to the people with loved ones facing addiction. I think the important distinction between Face It Together and a traditional EAP is these counselors are, are recovering uh, addicts themselves. So their expertise and their knowledge uh, of some of the demands and challenges that, those, that the disease uh, presents is really firsthand. We elected to extend the benefit to all of the families as well because we know that wow. substance abuse um, will not only affect the addicted but also the family as well. Yeah, that's face fantastic. It, well, Face It Together really helps you navigate <laughs> what can be just an absolutely overwhelming and confusing array of services um, for people facing and working and trying to address addiction. Yeah, no, you've, uh, you've nailed it, Jim. It is confusing, uh, particularly when people are, are, you know, beginning in a place where, you know, they don't have uh, everything together. You know, if, if this is uh, not the most stressful period in their life, uh, probably a pretty close second. So anything we can do to help people navigate their way through this is, is uh, extraordinarily valuable. You know, in many of the conversations I have uh, with home builders about opioid addiction, they've told me that some of their workers are like family. You know, that these are real strong, long-term relationships that go beyond work. Now, that's wonderful, but one of the challenge, uh, challenges with that is how to have appropriate supervisor-to-worker conversations when you think someone might be misusing a drug like opioids. How have you dealt with that, Jim? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I actually came up through the trades as well, Patrick, and I, I remember often the superintendent putting his arm around a, a carpenter and saying, hey, looks like you hit it a little hard last night. Why don't you go home and sleep it off? And we're truly educating our supervisors and our whole staff is that that really isn't helping. None of us are 
uh, schooled or educated in uh, addiction counseling services. And really the best thing you can do for that employee or his family is getting him engaged with an organization such as Faces Together so they can start to navigate you know, the, those array of services. Um, that is the best way to help our employees. And in the process, uh, I think that's the the human relations and and frankly, it's the best clinical uh, advice you could give somebody. But are you how are you also dealing with any performance related issues if if that uh, employee or that subcontractor showing up late and and um, you know you you know that okay, that there may be an issue they need to deal with and face it together can help them deal with that issue. Do you also document uh, performance problems the way you would with anybody else whose performance needed to be addressed? Yes, you, you can't just totally release um, the employee uh, of any accountability or performance-related issues. Um, while they are working their way through the system, we have modified work hours to accommodate some different sessions or uh, treatments that they may have, but we still don't lose track of the overall uh, performance and holding them accountable for those as with any employee uh, at our company. Well, that's fantastic that you've, you've taken that approach. It's a wonderful blend. Now, but this, you, you mentioned that, you know, we're just uh, training supervisors, educating supervisors. What approach have you taken to actually getting that training into the hands of of supervisors, or I think you refer to them as superintendents. What advice do you have uh, for a home builder uh, elsewhere in the country who might be uh, considering providing some training and so forth? How have you gone about that? I think the training we, we learned was very dependent uh, on your generation <laughs> uh, and some of the stereotypical um, things you might want to look at. I think the training as it relates to um, primarily opioids, um, today was very enlightening for our superintendents what to look for and what to watch out for um, uh, from their craft or from their job sites that they're overseeing. We did it in a very uh, informal environment. Um, we traveled to various job sites and did, did, did just the lunch and learns, really got them comfortable um, so that they could ask questions and really engage. And I think during that point in time, most of uh, our people really realized um, this isn't what they went to school for. They really don't know how to treat it. And we were able to connect the dot that by getting um, the employee or his family member some help is going to make a healthier employee, which was everybody's goal. Right. Yeah. You're here. You know, these are all great ideas, and hopefully using them will help our listeners support their workers, subcontractors who are dealing with opioid addiction. Ken, I'd like to talk about how to continue to support someone once they've engaged in treatment, whether it's through uh, an EAP or Face It Together or through their health benefit plan uh, or a 12-step program like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, uh, you know, these programs in the community. They're getting engaged. They're in recovery. Um, what can you do uh, as an employer to uh, heighten your awareness uh, and your sensitivity to this? Uh, can start with increasing your knowledge 
for example, about what types of opioid treatment are recommended and available in the community. Opioid treatment sometimes involves medical detox, um, you know, where someone detoxifies in the hospital. They may be there under uh, physician, um, you know, oversight for three or four days. There's non-medical uh, residential detox. That's the conventional sort of 28-day program that uh, most of us are familiar with. There's outpatient counseling, treatment, uh, group counseling, individual counseling, family counseling. Uh, intensive outpatient programs and medication-assisted treatment, or MAT, and uh, this is one of the most effective treatments today for opioid addiction. And there are a number of different kinds of medication-assisted uh, treatments that can help people get off and stay off of opioids. And some, uh, you know, people take on their own with a prescription. Uh, they go fill that prescription at the pharmacy like any other. And then, then there are those medications that need to be taken at a clinic every day uh, under physician's care. People who are recovering from drug addiction also may be dealing with legal issues, the loss of a driver's license, for example. They may have court dates coming up, things like that. Jim, at GE Johnson, you have a whole bunch of different supports in place to help your employees meet the needs uh, that they have as they're engaged in their addiction treatment, things that keep them working uh, while they're uh, pursuing, you know, their recovery and sobriety. Uh, how are you helping people manage both their work and their recovery? Yeah, that's a uh, very fine line. What we discovered was uh, the loss of a job just really doesn't help um, much uh, of the situation. So we were able to modify our employee policy. of uh, If you are enrolled in meeting the objectives of Face It Together, which could be uh, additional um, tests, um, it could be um, some of those, because each, each employee or family member is going to have their own um, wellness plan, so to speak. Face It Together also, uh, while they're not a treatment provider, they're more of a counselor uh, and navigator, has developed other partnerships and relationships with the true providers. And so if it comes up to where um, really the best case is an intervention for that employee, they have vetted and are holding intervention specialists accountable. Same would go with treatment centers and different counseling services as well. So a lot of our reliance um, and additional benefits is really built behind um, Face It Together and their willingness to um, hold some of the other service providers accountable, which we felt was lacking uh, in our region as well. Absolutely. You know, it sounds like what you've done, Jim, is to invest a lot of time and money in these programs. And, uh, you know, this might be more of a business question than anything. What kinds of outcomes, what kinds of results are you seeing? And, and I know some of those might be real measurable outcomes, and others might be a little less tangible, a little less uh, measurable, and a little bit more about how you feel as the president and CEO of the company. Can you talk a little bit about the investment and the, the results you're seeing? Yeah, I think it's we're not uh, unique um, in that a lot of the investments um, our company makes are done on a return on investment and we will use uh, math. Um, 
this was a little bit different decision uh, where we elected to invest um, was in the wellness and the value of our employees. While we cannot um, use math on that, we felt it was the right thing to do. I think it needed to be driven um, by the top um, and supported um, that we were going to um, enhance our culture by providing these benefits. We rolled our program out January of 2019. We today have 24 um, employees or family members. I do not know because of the confidentiality and HIPAA requirements. So I really don't have um, a tremendous amount of data um, yet um, as to the way they report, but we can tell that our people are getting better on their wellness um, scores and their indexes that they have, and they are hitting the counseling sessions. So our belief is that is uh, will make them a better employee, but more importantly, a healthier individual. Uh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, and that's why we're here today. And I, you know, it dawned on me that you know there may be some of the the members of the National Association of Home Builders, like yourself, who are wondering. You know, if we don't have a, an EAP or a program like Face It Together, what can we do, uh, you know, in terms of pointing somebody to some recovery resources? And, you know, I mentioned some of those earlier, but I want to underscore them now. Uh, you know, there are 12-step programs uh, like Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous that have been around for decades uh, and uh, great many uh meetings and, and I'll bet every community across the United States has at least one meeting a, a week and, and I, I want to encourage people to avail themselves of that resource in the community, um, particularly since it doesn't cost anything. Uh, the other place that uh, some people can turn and do turn uh, for recommendations, for support is to their own church. Uh, you know, I think of um, a variety of different churches I'm real familiar with around the country that have uh, access to addiction um, recovery support services through their faith-based organization. The other place you can turn is to the federal government. There's an agency called SAMHSA, uh, which is S-A-M-H-S-A, the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. And frankly, on the uh, opioids website that uh, I can remind our listeners of, there is a link there to treatment locator services around the country. And these are services that are paid for by the federal government uh, to, uh, you know, qualified treatment programs in every state of the union where uh, employees, if they don't have it in their health plan benefits uh, or they don't have any AP, they can go get outpatient treatment, they can get inpatient treatment. So there's no reason uh, for anybody to not go without some professional support and help on their way to recovery and other community-based supports. Uh, so please take a look at the uh, National Association uh, Home Builders website uh, at the URL that we shared with you at the top of the hour, and there you can find uh, links to uh, federal services as well as at the state level. Every state's got a host of services laid out for you. You know, these are just a few of the ways, Jim, and I want to thank you again, uh, that you can intervene with your workers uh, as it relates to opioid addiction. 
all the time we have for today. I hope uh, that we've helped you think about your intervention strategy, uh, where opioid addiction is concerned among your workers, and that we've given you some helpful tips how you can talk to people about opioid addiction and treatment. Please visit the opioid section of the National Association Home Builders website for some additional tools. Uh, like a performance checklist you can use with your workers and some do's and don'ts for talking about drug use with employees. Thank you, Jim, again. Thank you, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Enjoyed it. This podcast is one of four co-produced by the National Association of Home Builders and advocates for human potential. Bringing together conversations and personal testimonies of the opioid epidemic from the perspective of employers, employees, and providers. Don't forget to listen to the other podcasts in the Making It Your Business series to learn about prevention, intervention, recovery, and return to work after opioid addiction for workers in the home building industry visit nahb.org forward slash opioids to view our other educational modules, such as fact sheets, resource guides, and toolkits, all available for public download. Problem opioid use can be treated. The sooner people ask for help, the better. To locate help in your community for yourself, a coworker, or a loved one, visit the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA, website at www.samhsa.gov, or call SAMHSA's free, confidential, 24-7 national helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's one 800 662-4357. Thank you.